Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of, we're doing this one, Pastors Unplugged, where I'm talking to pastors and Christian leaders, just, you know, my perspective on a lot of different things. And I've got here some requests that came in um, for questions and especially for pastors. One was, um, help me understand, and I can relate to this one, how do we lead a church, but not micromanage a church. And so, you know, you've heard that term before. What micromanaging is, I mean, you can probably pick the word apart and uh, it should explain itself, but you're managing, but micromanaging is you're also managing the little details to where um, people feel stifled and, you know, what color paper to choose you know, how to do this, what to do this, or what way to do this, and don't do this. And re- and so it's micromanaging every little detail. People can feel, feel stifled. There's no real growth. There's no real empowerment. So you have to be careful in that area. Um, however, what I've noticed over now 12 years of pastoring, and before that leading uh, a large group of people, probably about 150, 160 employees underneath me when I was at 24 hour fitness. And I uh, wish I was a solid believer back then. Um, I think it would have made life a lot easier on them and me, but um, you know, you have to lead leaders lead and they have input. They have guidance. They have suggestions. They see the big picture. They try to line things up with the vision statement from branding to logos to marketing uh, even that is in the church, you know, as long as it's God honoring and God is, is, uh, wanting you to, to do that. I think it's okay in some areas, but you don't, it's not, the church isn't about branding and marketing and, and all these things, but we want to let people know, Hey, here's what we stand for. Here's our church. If you want more information, blah, blah, blah. But my point is when it comes to this area of micromanaging or leading, it is a fine line because some people are going to think you're micromanaging no matter what you do. I've had it where, I've just let people kind of do what they want, but, you know, reined it in a little bit. Hey, here's where I'd like to see it go. Here's where I'd like. And, you know, they'd say, oh, Pastor Shane is micromanaging me, micromanaging me. And I actually wasn't at all. The problem is they didn't like being led. They didn't like being told what to do at all. So that's a good way to get out of it is, is micromanaging. They're micromanaging. I can't handle micromanaging. No, micromanaging is when you're stifling, you're on top of, you're constantly uh, critiquing, you're, you know, that's a whole different thing. So um, it's going to be hard to find that perfect balance because you're not going to please everyone. I've had people say, uh, I need more input from you. I need more direction. (laughs) I need you know, help me in these areas. What exactly do you need me to do? And whether it's in the office at the church or social media things, you know, some people want more direction and other people don't need a lot of direction. And other people are mature believers. You know, our elders, a lot of our deacons, I just let them run with it. I don't, I don't really manage much other than, you know, the lead point person that can come to me for things. Others need, you know, day-to-day guidance. And so it's a hard challenge there. But if you're a pastor, pastor or a Christian leader, what I like to do is let me find these. Actually, um, I had 10 key Bible verses I want to share with you. And crossway.org did a great job of putting these together. And I think this is great for anyone in leadership. 
Uh, my, might even be able to let you look at these. Let me see if I got it here. Uh, yeah. So number one, uh, they even gave a commentary here, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, Psalm 78, 72 with an upright heart, with an upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Obviously he was talking about David here. Uh, Moses also learned how to be a shepherd. Uh, there, there's something about, about hard work and, and working and doing things. And if God's got you in a spot of, of working hard, it's not minim, menial. It's not menial work. God, God often use, is, uses the menial and calls them to do mighty things. So, um, and I, I thank God for my background in construction. I really do. I'm glad I didn't go right to seminary, right to college. You know, you experience, you know, working hard and getting blisters and uh, having to persevere and having to finish a job. And so anyway, back to this, um, he, he, with an upright heart, he shepherded them. So leadership is obviously first looking at your own heart, making sure your heart is right before God, devotional time with the Lord, because from the, um, inflow of the Holy Spirit into your life is going to be the outflow for leadership. And so he shepherded them and guided them with a skillful hand. So when you're leading, you are looking at the day-to-day choices, but also the long-term benefits or the long-term costs. You know, what's it going to look like in a few weeks from now? And that, that might mean, you know what? I don't know if I want to open this can of worms right now. We've got, you know, Easter coming up or Christmas and it could really, let me, let me get to this a little bit later. And I know if, if this is going to, if I talk to this person about this, they're really going to have a, a, a they're going to get their feelings hurt. So let me be strategic and you're shepherding them, uh, the right way with a skillful hand. You're using wisdom. And I love Proverbs 11, 14, where there is no guidance, where there is no guidance. Oh, I guess there's a, here's a good, I don't know if that's a good book for you or not, but, uh, they're promoting it here on Crossway where there is no guidance. Okay. A people falls, but in the abundance of counsel, there is safety, huge verse. And obviously um, that applies to a lot of different areas. Another translation would say, I believe um, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety and um, where there's no guidance, People fall and in the abundance of counsel, their safety. So what he's saying is it's, it's good to seek godly counsel. I go to our elders, you know, not too regularly, but on, on big issues that we need some guidance on. And when you have guidance and when you go to your spouse, you should definitely bring in your spouse and others that don't, don't have, they have unbiased opinions. And when you get some counsel there, um, their safety, their, their safety. Um, one of the things I'm actually dealing with right now today is I'm recording this. I don't know when this will go out, but you know, God, it's been on my heart, um, to, to just take a, a, a little bit of time off, maybe a couple weeks, just get grounded again, get some time with my family. I've been going, 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 and it's, it's nonstop. And, and Lord just confirmed it this morning. Uh, I won't say exactly how, but I received a text, uh, kind of like a word of knowledge from someone on talking about this very issue when I've already just talked with it with my wife yesterday, talked to the elders about it. And you know, there, there's, there's safety in that. You've got people on your side or big decisions. Uh, so a leader, my point is, micromanaging or managing good management asks for the opinions of others. So if you've got your worship director, your office manager, your media team, or, you know, and you're, you're getting input, you're, you're going to get things that you might not otherwise um, get if it were just you making decisions based on 
what you think is best. So uh, when we did our Christmas Eve services and offering children's ministry, nursery, um, whatever it is, what, you, what are you thinking? What's your input? And we changed some things because of the input of others. So it was incredible. Uh, so getting counsel is very wise. Matthew 20 uh, verses 26 through 28 talks about you know, it's, uh, it shall not be among you, whatever, whatever, he's, whatever he's talking about here. I believe the, uh, the, the key context of Matthew 20 in this thing is pride and arrogance and pushiness and self-promotion. So Jesus said, but whatever, uh, but whoever would be great among you, you must be your, they must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you, you, you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's powerful and profound that Jesus came to serve. So that's why we call it servant leadership. And uh, you really have to change your thinking. And you see a lot of pastors as their ministry explodes. This, this is what happens to a lot of, uh, of churches and pastors. I just read a, a book, just finished it on, um, I don't know what the title was. God's generals or something had to do with, um, the healing, uh, uh, those, those with healing type, um, revival services in the 19, 19- 30s, 40s, 50s, Jack Coe, William Braham, I believe his last name is, uh, A.A. Allen, uh, Amy Simple McPherson, uh, Catherine Coomlin. And, you know, and I know there's questions about all these things. I'm going to hopefully do a podcast on that. I've got my own, but I want to just read a biographies that were straightforward. They told the truth and, and they also sh- talked about their weaknesses and the weaknesses of, of many of these people. And all of us have cracks in the armor. And so, um, but my point is, in many of those cases, it was that notoriety and that popularity that begin to, they begin to elevate themselves and, uh, they would not take accountability. They thought that they were, you know, the, 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 the next prophet of God, Elisha or whatever. And, and they just knowledge puffs up ministry success puffs up as well. So it's a good reminder. If you get in your mind, I am a servant leader. This is not build, this is not about building my ministry, although your ministry may grow. It's not about building a church, although the church may grow. It's about leading others and serving them. In exchange, they also serve the body of Christ. But if we go into it, you make decisions on how to manage because micromanaging at its core is a control issue, uh, controlling a lot of things. And most strong leaders, have a hard time finding that balance. You know, where, okay, am, am I supposed to control this or not? Because as leaders, we are supposed to control the atmosphere of the church to some degree, the, the, the financial responsibilities of the church, the ambiance, the, the, the fiscal responsibilities and all these things. We are, we're supposed to control those lead in this area, but being a servant leader, that means, okay, let me put their needs first. And that might mean putting your needs on the back burner, your desires on the back burner. It's about serving people and you can never go wrong doing that. So incredible verse Luke 12. Also, um, he basically says, uh, everyone, uh, to whom has been given much, much will be required of them. So, um, just a good reminder for leaders and those micromanaging versus managing is that you are 
held responsible for what you're managing. And it's incredible to empower people when you can't say, you know what, why don't you run with it? Why don't you do what you think is best? Run some things by me. I want, I just want to see how you develop this. And again, we have a great team at Westside Christian Fellowship. Some people, yeah, I don't talk to too often, whether it's, you know, ushering or men's ministry or different things, but other people need, you know, more direction and more, they have more questions and, and all are good. It's where we're at. Um, for example, the office staff is going to have a lot more questions because there's a lot going on every single day from counseling to challenges to, um, you know, all types of issues. So it's going to be the same type of leadership style, but people are going to have different needs in that area. Um, and then John 13, 13 through 17, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. Um, but if I'm your Lord and I wash your feet, shouldn't you wash another's feet for I've given you this as an example. And he goes on to say, truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. Uh, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you. Uh, and so go again, this one goes back to servant leadership. You know, you don't have to wash people's feet. I know some groups do that. There's nothing wrong with it. Could be an incredible experience, but the context is servant, servant leadership. And if you can, if you can get that down and understand, okay, I'm going in today to be a blessing to others, to lead them. And be concerned about their financial state, their family issues, their family dynamics. Do they have enough time off? Are they getting enough rest? And you're leading them and you're leading them through love. That's really the key. I've not mastered this at all. I'm a work in progress for sure. But these are the things I strive for. Uh, Acts 20 verse 28. Pay careful attention. This is a good one to see. Pay careful attention. Uh to yourself and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which is obtained with his own blood. Wow. So be careful to give attention to yourself, which means my spiritual health must be first and foremost. Let me explain. Because from my spiritual health is going to flow the health of the ministry, the health of our families and things like that. Your family, if you're leading it and, and things like that. So careful attention has to be given. And then also given to the flock. You know, again, what I mentioned, are they being um, uh, overworked? Are they feeling a lot of pressure? And being sensitive to those needs. Again, it, there's going to be constant tension, constant dynamics that are changing. But uh, when the Holy Spirit has made you overseer of the church, now that's the key. Some men call themselves, and that's that's not good. It's going to be very difficult. That's why I think a lot of pastors do resign, is they're not called of God. Uh, not saying everyone, you know, for sure. But when God calls you, then the Holy Spirit equips you. And as long as you follow the scriptural course, uh, it's very, very fulfilling to stay on the right path. Romans 12 is a great one. Um, many of you know Romans 12. Um, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then after that, it goes on to say, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. In other words, Sober judgment. I'm, I'm, I'm not that great of a person. I'm not up there and everyone else is below me. Uh, I don't need to point out all the cracks in their armor and assume I have no cracks in my armor because we all have 
weaknesses. We all have vulnerabilities. We all have cracks in the armor. It's actually very healthy to know what those are and then to safeguard what those are. Um, and you make choices that are going to, you know, safeguard these cracks in the armor and you're going to strengthen yourself in this area. But basically again, saying, um, that don't think of yourself more highly than you should. And that's where arrogant leadership comes from. Arrogant leadership comes from thinking of ourselves more highly than we should. And of course, a dangerous thing is that God grows a ministry in any area of church. God grows a ministry. If you can start to get haughty and think of yourself more highly than you should, be careful because your downfall is certain. God will not allow you to boast in what he is doing very long. And so great, great time to take a position of humility, seek God. That time, that devotional time with him is invaluable. Ephesians 4.11. I think this is an important verse that a lot of people forget about. 4.11 through 13. And Jesus gave, uh, gave the apostles uh, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. The context is giving gifts to the church and Jesus gi- gives these gifts, gifts to the church to some of the apostles. Those are sent ones. It's okay to, you know, that term still applies today. I wouldn't put it on your business card. I wouldn't call yourself a p- apostle, but it's a, a sent one where God sends people out to plant churches and, and do ministry, the sent ones. And then he also gives to the gift, a gift to the body of believers, to the church prophets. Again, don't put it on your business card. Don't call yourself a prophet. Others will call you that if it's, if it's needed. Um, but prophetic voices, A.W. Tozer comes to mind, Leonard Ravenhill, David Wilkerson, you know, the, the, a lot of those strong voices, um, that, that have really impacted people at a deep level because they pierce the heart. And God has given that gift, uh, to the church. Evangelist, uh, you think of Billy Graham for sure. Uh, shepherds and teachers. And what, is, what is the whole role? I, oh yeah, you can see it right now. What is the whole role of that? Is, I'm going to go back in a minute. Uh, the whole role of God equipping people in these different areas is for us to equip the body. And so often people say, well, I'll bring my friend to church. The pastor can talk to them. Well, no, you, you can talk to them or pastor. We need to do this. Shane, you need to go feed the homeless. Shane, you need to go to pregnancy resource center. Shane, you need to go to the mission field. Shane, you, no, 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 no. My job is to equip you to go and do that. That that's really my, my calling is to equip the saints uh, in the, in the ministry here. So, and what you'll see is if somebody's got a shepherd's heart, like God gave, God gave this shepherd to the church, you know, they're going to look different than when God gives a prophetic voice to the church. The prophetic voice is going to be different calling, different DNA, different spiritual makeup than the shepherd. And so God gives that, that's why they call it the five fold ministry, these five areas to, uh, to equip the church and they're absolutely necessary. Think about it. The apostle plants that their missions oriented, the prophet, the prophetic voice gives strong, strong warnings of rebuke and calling the church back. The evangelize the evangelist witness is to the lost. And often there's a mixture Pro- strong prophetic voices are often strong evangelist evangelist as well. And then you have shepherds that are just mainly teachers, counselors, 
They stay in their wheelhouse. They don't, they don't really, you know, they don't do a lot of other things. That's just what they do. And the teachers who are really into teaching, dissecting the Greek and the Hebrew and writing commentaries. And, and so, you know, you have a mixture in pastors of all those things, but God has given us all three of these offices uh, to help equip the body. Uh, James three, one, not many of you should become teachers. Some of you should probably see this. Not many of you should become teachers. Let's see if I can highlight this. Okay. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Now, I believe he says this because um, a lot of people get excited about God and there's nothing wrong with that. And they say, oh, great. I want to teach. I want to preach. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a leader. And, and I think a lot of times people have, you know, good intentions and that's like, okay, that's what I should be doing. But again, you have to make sure you're called of God and keep in mind that often, I think it was D. Martin Lloyd Jones said something along the lines of those who are, who are often the most reluctant to teach and preach are often those who are the most called of God. It's the ones that are wanting to preach, wanting to teach, wanting to be in the spotlight, wanting to be in the limelight, wanting to wanting to get up on that pulpit. I, I just want to speak to people. Often those aren't are not the called. Uh, they're calling themselves. And it's the ones who now there are those who don't want to do it because they're not gifted and they shouldn't be in the pulpit. They shouldn't be teaching or in classroom settings if they're not gifted. Uh, that's actually one of the qualifications of an elder that they can rightly divide the word of truth. Uh, and so um, with that said, on this verse that we were just looking at, James 3, 1, take it to heart. Are you truly called of God to be a leader? Uh, again, we're talking about micromanaging and managing over, overall, but um, micromanaging then in this with this verse would be micromanaging every aspect of teaching and and promoting and pushing and getting people to do this and that, where leading is just allowing your gift to flourish and watch what God does with it. Finally, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, do nothing, do nothing, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one, because, um, we, we just, I just talked about it quite a bit where, uh, it's putting others first and not thinking so highly of ourselves than we should. And when you have the right framework, the right mental framework in this area, you're not micromanaging, you're just leading. Um, you are going to serve others. You're going to lead them effectively and you will succeed in that area because you're honoring God's word. Anytime we have God's word laid out for us, right? And anytime we deviate from that, we, we fall off the edge. Here we go. God, God says, no, 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 come back. No, oh. we just fall off the edge. And so get back on track, begin to repent and say, Lord, help me be a servant leader. I want to be humble. I want to be broken. I don't want to micromanage. And Lord, help me. And I pray this a lot, Lord. And I, 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 I hold back a lot of emails and a lot of text messages over the course of a month. I say, nope, I don't want to micromanage that. Nope, I just, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to upset. I don't want to let, let them deal with it. And then there's other times where, you know, I've got to step in. I've got to, you know, hey, we got to do this. What about this? We, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for the pulpit. I'm responsible for all the teaching. I'm responsible for the spiritual atmosphere of the entire church. So I've got to 
manage things. I've got to lead things. And it is hard to find that balance. So give your pastor and, and leader grace. If you're watching this, if you're laity, uh, or not really involved in ministry, but give them a lot of grace, a lot of, uh, uh just understanding because it's hard. What, what you might feel is micromanaging. I know, uh, others who won't. That they think, oh, praise God, I need that leadership. I need him to fill in the blanks. I need him to tell me what to do. And others don't feel that way. And so then not only is it hard to find that balance, gauging the personalities. Okay. I know this, this person wants to be, you know, what, what to do, you know, Wednesday. Here's what we need to do Sunday. Here's the flow of the service. Here's okay. Great, 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 great. They love it. They think that's great leadership. And then this other person, if I tell them to do anything, they're kind of stubborn and they don't want to do it. And they feel like I'm micromanaging them. And I'm like, golly, I don't want to tell you. But uh, so you just rest in God's sovereignty and you just do the best with you, what you can do. You remain humble and you even have conversations. Listen, I don't want to micromanage. If you feel that way, let me know. But I have to lead this. Uh, and I'm sure you understand that. And I think you guys, as long as you're talking about it, you can definitely work through these issues. So anyway, I hope this episode of I think we're going to go with this one today. Pastors Unplugged. But if you follow this one. You can definitely watch it. Make sure to subscribe to both Pastors Unplugged and Idleman Unplugged uh, for more information. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.